Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. A beautiful song. Thanks for being there. Yesterday we went to get our tree, and uh, as I think everybody knows here, this is Kareem's first uh, Christmas um, anywhere. And uh, so it was super important. It's always important for, for Carolyn and I to uh, pick out a tree and, and have our kids there and just participate in a lot of years they are drug along. And, uh, so, so we wanted to make sure we invited Kareem and that he was excited about it, even though he didn't know anything about it. And as we're uh, walking down, we went uh, to the neighbors of uh, um, uh, um, Jeanette, and um, as we're walking down the, the meadow looking at trees, Cream says, well, I really can't help you pick one out. I don't, if we're picking out a sheep for the holiday, <laughs> I know how to do that. And he proceeds to tell me all the different elements you look at as far as it's got to, can't be too old, uh, but you don't want too young. you got to look at the teeth. you got to smell the breath. and <laughs> giving me way more uh, detail than you needed. <laughs> I started thinking, this has got to be so bizarre for him. And if you think about it, it's bizarre for us. Right. Because the tree has nothing to do with Jesus. Right. Uh, Jesus didn't do that when he grew up because there weren't pine trees. He could get lost in there. And um, so, Kareem, we had him cutting, and he was cruising along with the saw, and I said, it's just, just how Jesus would do it. And we had a little laugh about that. And, uh, but then I started thinking that as we were walking back up, and it's, it's, there's so much that we do in Christmas, during Christmas time, that makes no sense has no correlations to Jesus. Not that that's bad, but it made, it made me think of the song, um, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Right. And this, is, this epitomizes commercialization of, of Christmas. It says it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the 5 and 10. It's glistening once again. With candy canes and silver lanes the glow. It's beginning to look, look, like, look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your front door. Which uh, goes on with uh, the wish of Bernie Ben. Uh, oh, sorry, a pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots is the wish of Bernie and Ben. Dolls that talk and, and go for a walk is the hope of Janice and Jen. And the mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's not nothing to Jesus, other than Jesus helping us to get to that point. Um, and it just goes on and on. And there's so much that we celebrate at this time of year that just doesn't. Has no correlation. Doesn't draw us closer to God. Doesn't draw us closer to, to understanding Jesus and, and His birth. And so, what I want to do today is I want to take look at it from a different angle. Uh, Carolyn and I have decided to um, look at the messy part of the Jesus story, the birth story, because traditionally, growing up in the church, everybody went to Luke two. They didn't worry about Luke one, Matthew one. They went to Luke two talk about the birth. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in Luke 2 that has no context because the first part isn't talked about. They, nobody talks about the messy stuff, the stuff that was uncomfortable, that was the hard stuff before the, the great uh, birth story. And um, we're going to read, uh, Carolyn's going to read here um, in um, uh, Luke 1, to the tail end of it. And uh, it's the beginning of, of the Christmas story. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, what kind of greeting is this? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How could this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born. Will be called, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now, I wanted to talk about the messy part because I think we need to understand both sides. I don't think we can appreciate the splendor of a virgin birth and the arrival of the Messiah for our salvation unless we understand the messy parts as well. We, we don't have an appreciation until we understand the other side. And the story is, a, there's a lot of contrasts in the story. Um, even, even just the, the uh, initial um, arrival of Gabriel, the angel. And he, uh, he shows up and Mary's reaction is, she's troubled. All he does is, is give, gives her a greeting and she's already troubled. And by contrast, contrast there was a, a a guy named Zechariah was a cousin's husband who was the father of John the Baptist six months earlier. Gabriel shows up, and his response was, uh, um, let me find it here. Uh, sorry. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. He's gripped with fear. And when, when Gabriel shows up to, to Daniel to interpret one of his dreams, he falls prostrate. He's shaking. He's trembling. Mary's response is like, can't be bothered with this. This is, this is why are you coming to me? And I, I, I never really understood, and I've never really even tried to understand this before. Why would Mary respond like that? Why would he? Why would she be troubled at this greeting? His greeting was that she was in the favor of God. And I've heard it suggested that uh, she was a, a typical woman, and she knew that if someone's going to show favor for you, you're going to be in their favor. They're probably going to want something from you. And she had seen, had read the stories of, of Moses and Abraham and Noah, all those guys who were in favor with God, and then she knew that there was much expected. And there are times where I've wondered if, if Mary actually anticipated being the mother of Jesus, being the mother of Messiah. And it makes sense, she knew her scriptures, she, she knew her scriptures well, and we'll read that later as we um, read her song, um, her song of joy. But she, she knew the scriptures. I can imagine her sitting around with Elizabeth as she's 
been engaged and she, you know, they're talking about her, her husband, her, her, her fiancé, he's in the line of David. Everybody in the line of David could give birth to Messiah because it's a prophecy. And I'm wondering if she wasn't so uh, fearful, she wasn't trembling because she kind of expected it. Maybe she was expecting him to come and deliver the news. So there's a, a sharp contrast between to, um, Mary and Zechariah. And these contrasts are um, kind of coincidentally, or I mean not coincidentally, but, but these contrasts are between the men and the women most of the time in the reactions, the reactions of Elizabeth and the reactions of Zechariah and even Joseph. And um, so then we, we uh, see the, the initial reaction to Gabriel is different than the, than the reaction to the, the, the news that was brought by Gabriel to teach of them. Very similar news. Uh, the news for Zechariah was that he was going to be a father at an old age. That his wife was barren, but she was going to have a baby. Less of a miracle than what, what uh, Mary uh, was, was served up. But their responses were totally different. Zachari- Zachariah's response was totally faithless. He's saying, that's not going to happen. How, how can that happen? Mary's response was the affirmative. She says, how will this happen? I believe it's going to happen. Just, just tell me how. And again, I think it's that, that anticipation. And, and of course, Joseph's response was, Mary, come on, tell me the truth. You're pregnant. I didn't do it, so tell me the truth. And it got to the point where his denial came to the point where he was going to divorce her because he didn't believe her. Fortunately, Gabriel appears to him in a dream and straightens him out and they get everything going again. But, uh, but there's that contrast. Anyway, when, when Mary finds out the news and she shares it with uh, Elizabeth, she's overjoyed. She believes right away. That, that faithful response. And then uh, um, the product of, the, of their uh, faith is there's a huge contrast there as well. Mary's faith was so strong that she was singing a song. And we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. It, her, her, she was so filled with faith that she was singing a song, praising God, and actually using a ton of scripture. And Zechariah's response was so faithless that God made a you wouldn't allow him to talk until he said it's And it's just it's such, a, such, such a contrast there. But the, the real contrast uh, really was the, the whole concept of this, this great thing was going to happen. The Messiah was going to be born. But Mary and Joseph are in strife. He doesn't believe her. He's going to divorce her. And they finally get that reconciled, and they get the news that uh, Caesar Augustus is going to have a census, and they've got to go to Bethlehem, because that's where he grew up. And he's got to register to pay more taxes. And it's right in her ninth month. Right as she's getting ready to, to give birth. And a lot of people, when, they, when, they, when you go to Luke 2, you read that there was no room in the end. And they take it as, you know, Motel 6 was, was booked up. And so they couldn't find a place to stay. And that's, that's not the case. In Eastern hospitality, in, in the Israelites' hospitality, they took care of people. If someone showed up at your door during dinner time, you fed them, even if it meant you working it yourselves. So there's no way, with Mary being pregnant, about random baby, she shows up at the door, they're not going to um, send her down to the manger. They're not going to put her in the first floor with all the animals. They'll kick the kids out, put them down there, and then give her a, a, a um, place to, to, uh, that is respectable. But there was some stigma around having a baby out of, um, or getting pregnant, pregnant out of wedlock that she was, she was shunned. They were shunned. Right. And she was bearing that, that, uh, that shame 
And and so was um, our husband. He, he, he when he made the commitment and believed and had faith, he basically was complicit with the whole plan. And so he had to bear the shame as well. So they're traveling this uh, this distance. They're um, there's no place to stay, and then all the good things start to happen. And I think that's so important for us to, to look at those contrasts, to look at the, the bad things, the, the tough things, the messy things, to be able to understand, understand and appreciate the good things. And Carolyn was going to read, or actually, you want to share that? Yeah, I just wanted to tie this in a little bit with expectations and holidays and kind of our expectation of Christmas with the kid, our expectation of Christmas as the mom who's a lot of the cooking and the preparing and you know changing all the sheets on the bed for company coming and there's always a lot of expectation um, and it can be kind of messy around the holidays and I was thinking of you know like great expectations and cultural expectations and unrealistic expectations and self-expectations short term and long term and but it all involves anticipation and it all involves a certain amount of waiting um, that you know something should happen um, in a certain way, or believing it's going to happen just the way I have it planned, or just how I've like made it work, <clears throat> um, have control somehow in the situation. Um, and I, I was thinking about like the past two years, and I, I think I want to call the last two years like the last 24 months because it sounds less like you know COVID. It's just been 24 months, um, and you know I think about postponed weddings and postponed anniversaries or 60th birthday parties that just got postponed for good reason. Um, and, uh, you know, that we have some of us that are, we would have our parents with us, you know, they're, they're, they've passed away or, um, you know, siblings in the hospital. I mean, things just, it's not how we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's how Mary and Joseph felt as well. Like, this is nowhere near where I thought. Like, I mean, imagine myself, if I was Mary, I'd be like, okay, you know, I've, I've been faithful to God. I know my scriptures. I'm so close to God. And, um, I'm loving and I'm devoted to my family and, and I'm highly favored and, and so this is going to be amazing. I'm going to get married and we're going to have like time together before we start our family and you know back then you, know, you had home, you know your home was a room built onto the family compound so you have home and that is not at all like what happened right like homeless and pregnant and more pregnant than she should be for you know situation um, and uh, you know expecting that she would have approval from her family and blessing from her family and blessing from her in-laws none of that it's all gone um, and I think about like I was thinking about the book like what to expect when you're expecting <laughs> her version of it was to go spend time with Elizabeth right like God gave her that blessing of that connection with the friendship of a woman who's going through something very similar to what she's about to. So she, God gave her that relationship to be connected and to learn and to prepare her for what he knew would be birthing a child by herself in a muddy barn. You know, like, I mean, as a labor and delivery nurse, I'm cringing thinking about like, what that would mean. Um, but the key for Mary was obviously her connection, her gratitude, um, which we know brings joy when we practice that. Her worship um, and her trust, just in her responses to God and responses to God and the angel, um, and really that she really just looked to God. Um, I know that there are a lot of Marys um, in this room, and um, I'm just really grateful that we have each other, that we can stay connected, no matter how long the 
masking business goes on and um, how many things that may not turn out the way we wish they would or um, even these holidays coming up that we rely on each other and stay close to each other. Um, that's my expectation is that we would hang on to each other. Yeah, so um, this is Mary's song. This is her response to this news um, when she's with Elizabeth. Right after Elizabeth says that she's blessed, um, Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then returned home. Um. I was listening to Marty Solomon, he did a sermon on this, and he, he uh, basically said, to Mary's credit, she was well-versed in the scriptures. She knew her Bible, she knew her scriptures, and he didn't really give references for it, so I went, went looking for it, and there's an article on Christianity Today that talks about all the, all the scriptures that she quoted in this psalm, and she, she quotes a lot of the psalms, she quotes Habakkuk, so this is, this is a, a woman who knows the prophets, and then she quotes uh, Samuel. She, she, she actually quotes part of Hannah's story in First Samuel. So she's well versed, and she she knows what is happening here. And I think that that's where her faith was, was so much greater than Joseph's or Zechariah's, because she knew the scriptures. She knew what to expect. And she had that faith that it was going to happen. She didn't know how it was going to happen. She didn't know it was going to be ugly for a while, but she knew that what she believed in was going to happen was going to happen. And it's so encouraging. I want to share, um, I debated whether I was going to share um, a few thoughts that I got pretty much on, the, on right before we left, and um, they're kind of the, the hard thoughts uh, part of it, and I, I don't want to be a downer, but I'm thinking about in our, our life here, our world here, in, in, in Burlington area, what Christmas looks like, looks like to some people, and you think about the, the food shelves. And Christmas, what, what Christmas looks like to them is dwindling inventory. Hungry people coming in for food and they can't feed them. And that's, that's the ugly stuff that Christmas reminds us of. And the homeless shelters, what Christmas looks like to homeless shelters, there's, there's no beds available. There are people who are out of cold and they're scrambling to try and, uh, try and find housing for people. And that's what Christmas looks like to them. Think about the mental health providers. This is the time of year that it's, it's their busiest time. Christmas looks like to them as people coming and, and um, seeking help, not having hope. The toy drives, um, what we're doing here, what Christmas looks like to those folks are more more demand than there is supply. And I debated sharing the, the ugly side of it because I don't want to be a downer, but I think that's the important side. That they have to look at the ugly side to, to appreciate the, the good side. And I think if we can look at the other side, kids don't have gifts, but we're seeing the good side of it. So we're seeing the, the ugly side and, and the pod. 
when we do care about it. I just think that's what Christmas is all about. And I want to encourage everybody in here to just think about that. Think about the ugly stuff that Mary and Joseph and even Jesus had to go through. And take comfort in that. Focus on that. But also know that the product, the birth of all the, the tough times was our salvation. And that's what we need to focus on. We, we need to revel. We, we need to revel like Mary did. It's such great news for us. And it's real. Just as, as much as the bad stuff is real. So as we uh, finish up, I, I, I think our communion is our meal here. So um, I'm going to pray for that. And um, I just want to encourage you guys to uh, really um, um, just revel in the, in the first story. I know that it all came from uh, a really hard time for also, um, uh, Jeanette's brother Steve is um, in the ICU with COVID right now, so I want to pray for him as well. And, um, we'll pray for you all. God, we're, we're grateful for uh, those who have gone before us, and um, we know that uh, there's been a lot of tough times to be had, and there's a lot of tough times that we've gone through and will go through. And, I pray for Steve, and um, um, I just pray that uh, you can work a miracle there um, just with the virus, and that you can uh, heal him, um, get him back out of the hospital, uh, even with the, the, the bed that he was in, and help him at least be on his family. And, uh, um, just pray that uh, you work miracles there, and, and give him what he needs, and give the family that they need, and encourage him. Please be with them. God, we're, we're thankful for everything you give us. Um, we're so grateful. We're so fortunate that we can be here and have a potluck. Insecure, um, so many people around us are. Help us to take that to heart. Um, help us to uh, endure the bad stuff and strive for the good stuff and do our part and, and make the good things happen. God, help us to trust in you in that. Um, help us to understand really Jesus' birth was the birth of our salvation and our, and our opportunity to be reunited with you and to, to live with you and to live the life that you want us to. Uh, we're grateful that you've blessed us and you've called us out of dark life into the light. We're so thankful for, for tonight and the fellowship and help us be mindful of all of the blessings. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.